My name is Rick Renner, and I'm at the Jordan River in Israel, and this is the site where most historical records say Jesus was water baptized and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it's here that John was baptizing people for the remission of sins. And as they were coming, he made a very important announcement in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. John said, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. Now listen to these words. That he that comes after me, he's talking about Jesus, is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. That is amazing to me. John was introducing Jesus as the Savior of the world and as the one who would baptize in the Holy Spirit. From the very beginning, God's intention was for people to be saved and then to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. This has always been the will of God. That's how Jesus was introduced to Israel, as the one who shall baptize in the Holy Ghost and fire. Have you received the baptism in the Holy Spirit? If you have not, it is the will of God for you to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and to know the fire of God in your life. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Thank you for joining me. Today I'm going to talk to you again about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It is an experience that transformed my life. I'm sure it changed yours. And if you've never received it, God is waiting to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And if you'll call us, we'll pray with you to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Today's program is just going to be wonderful. But I want to tell you that I'm offering you my book, which is called The Holy Spirit and You, Working Together is Heaven's Dynamic Duo. Order this book. It's really wonderful. We're also offering you my series by the same title as these programs called The Baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's five parts based on these programs. It comes with a great study guide. Call us. Write to us. We'll get it right to you. But today, we're going to jump right into our Bibles. So I hope you have your Bible. I have mine. You always need your Bible when you come to my TV program because we believe in the Bible and we're praying for a revival of the Bible among God's people. But today we're going to begin in John chapter 20. And today we're going to see the baptism in the Holy Spirit is for every believer. It's not just for this one or that one or maybe somebody over there. Sometimes people say, well, is it really for everybody? It's for everybody. And I'm going to show you today the pattern in the book of Acts. But we're going to begin in John chapter 20, verses 21 and 22. After the resurrection, Jesus has come to the disciples and the Bible tells us, Then Jesus said to them, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. This was really the moment when the apostles were saved by New Testament standards. Now, up until this moment, they had walked in faith, just like everyone. But at this precise moment, the Holy Spirit came into them for the first time, and they were born again. We know what happened in this precise moment, because when Jesus breathed on them, that word breathe is a Greek word, emphasis, which means to breathe into. It's the same word you would use to inflate 
as if you were to breathe into a balloon and inflate a balloon, and the balloon would hold your breath. It is the same word used in the Old Testament Septuagint in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 when the Bible says that God breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life. God literally breathed into him. His nostrils received that breath and he came alive. That is the word that is used in this verse. When Jesus breathed on them, in fact, the Greek actually says breathed into them. He literally breathed into them and said, right now, at this very moment, receive the Holy Spirit. Up until this moment, they had experienced the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had been on them, but the Holy Spirit had never been in them. At this moment, the Holy Spirit came inside them and they were born again. The first believers born again in the New Testament. But what's interesting is some days later, just before Jesus' ascension, he gathered them together. And the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, Jesus said to them, And behold, by the way, that word behold is a Greek word, which means, wow, this is amazing. What I'm about to tell you nearly leaves me speechless. Behold, wow, it is amazing. I send the promise of my Father upon you. This word upon is a Greek word, epi. It literally means upon or on. Now remember, the Holy Spirit's already come into them. He breathed into them. They received the Holy Spirit. They're born again. But now Jesus is talking about a subsequent experience when the Holy Spirit's going to come on them supernaturally. And notice what happens when the Holy Spirit will come upon them. I will send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. We're talking about a second experience the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which gives power from on high. And in fact, the King James Version says, until you be endued. That word endued is a Greek word endue. I'm going to read to you directly from my notes. It denotes the act of putting on a garment or a piece of clothing. It's the idea of sinking into a garment and becoming at ease in it. The usage of this word means certain traits will be operative only, only when they're deliberately picked up put on by choice as one would dress himself in a new set of clothes, which means Jesus was sending power. The power would dress them. And God's intention is that they would sink into that power, just like you sink into a set of clothes, that you take it by faith, that you take the power of God, that you put it upon you in the same way you'd put on a new set of clothes every morning. And Jesus calls it power till you be endued with power from on high. That word power is a Greek word dunamis, which describes explosive superhuman power that comes with enormous energy and produces phenomenal, extraordinary, and unparalleled results. This is real divine power. And when it comes on the scene, this power is explosive. And Jesus says, I'm going to send the promise of my Father upon you, He's already in you, but now it's going to come upon you. And when the Spirit comes upon you, it's going to dress you just like if you were put in a new set of clothes. And the new set of clothes is going to give you amazing power. He's talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's exactly what happened to Jesus when he was at the River Jordan. So he can speak about this with authority. And the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, continuing the story, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me. Then in verse 5, Jesus says, For John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized, again the Greek word baptizo, to fully immerse, 
to dunk, to put under, completely covered with power, with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. That's important because they had already received the Holy Spirit in salvation. But now Jesus says, in the future, not many days from now, you're going to have a secondary experience and it's going to clothe you with power. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus talks about what the baptism of the Holy Spirit does. Listen to what he says. But you shall receive power. Shall receive is the future tense of the Greek word lambano. And this is very important. The word lambano means to seize, to lay hold of something in order to make it your very own. Almost like a person who reaches out to grab or to capture or to take possession of something. And at other times, this word shall receive, the Greek word lambano, depicts one who graciously receives something that is freely and easily given. And this is important because the baptism of the Holy Spirit is freely and easily given, but you have to take it into your own possession. God gives it to you, but like everything that God gives, you've got to receive it. You've got to take it into your possession. And Jesus says, you will receive power. That word power, again, is this amazing Greek word, dunamis. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Upon is again the Greek word epi, which means upon or on. So we're not talking about the born again experience. They're already born again. That happened in John chapter 20, verse 21 and 22. Now he's talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, a subsequent experience. This is so very important. Now, when you study the entire book of Acts, you find that there is a pattern for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And understand that the book of Acts is a history book, but it's not just a history book. It is a pattern book. I really call it a pattern book. It is the pattern of how God works in people's lives and a pattern of how God works in his church. So we're going to go to Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. And in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, we find when the first believers were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon, there it is again, upon, not into, upon them. Here we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit's coming to clothe them with power upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. By the way, that word filled is the Greek word, which means filled to capacity. This was not just a little touch. They were literally filled to overflowing, which explains why they began to speak in tongues. When you're totally filled with the Holy Spirit, it's got to come out. And it comes out the mouth. It comes out as of the tongues. And that's why the Bible says they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Then when you come to Acts chapter 8, you find exactly the same thing happened when Philip went down and preached Christ to those who were in Samaria. This happened one year after Pentecost. Now stay with me. I'm going to give you these dates, these years, because I want you to see this is not just something that happened in the beginning. It happened consistently year after year after year after year from the beginning all the way to the end of the book of Acts. You're going to see in Acts chapter 19, they're still being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues. That's 23 years after Acts. It's consistent throughout the entire book of Acts. And this is the pattern for you and for me. And you're going to see it's for every believer. But when you come to Acts chapter 8 and verse 12, the Bible says, When they believed Philip, 
preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. They were baptized, both men and women. Well, you and I both know you only baptize people that are saved. If he baptized them, they were saved. But when you come to Acts 8.14, it says, Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, verse 18, 15, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Now there's a little confusion here because of how this is written, but anybody who has had the baptism of the Holy Spirit does not have a difficulty understanding this text. They were already saved. We know that because in verse 12, they believe, they're water baptized, they are saved. But they have not received the baptism in the Holy Spirit yet, which is a secondary or a subsequent experience. And that's why now Peter and John are coming down from Jerusalem to pray for them that they might be filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized with the Holy Spirit or clothed with power from on high. That's very important for you to know. You do not have to have the baptism in the Holy Spirit to be saved. Romans chapter 8, verse 9 says, If any man does not have the Spirit of Christ, then he is not saved. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not saved. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not a candidate for water baptism. You're not a candidate to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You have to be saved first. But once you are saved, then you really are a candidate to receive this second experience. And that's what we find in Acts chapter 8, verse 16. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them. He had already come into them because they were saved. But he hadn't fallen upon them. They hadn't received this supernatural endowment from heaven yet, a secondary experience. And verse 17 says, Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost, or they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. This was a secondary experience. But what's interesting is Acts chapter 8 does not plainly say they spoke in tongues. But if you read a little deeper, you're going to find out they did. Let me show you. Look at verse 18. And when Simon saw, Simon was a sorcerer in the city who was very attracted to whatever was powerful and supernatural. And when Simon the sorcerer saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. So he saw something. There was something to see. Verse 19, Simon said, give me this power. The word power, by the way, is a Greek word exousia. It really means give me this authority, give me this privilege that on whomever I lay my hands, he also may receive the Holy Ghost. Verse 20, Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Now here's the clue, Acts chapter 8, verse 21. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter. If you have an ink pen and you've got your Bible, circle that word matter. For thy heart is not right in the sight of God. That word matter is the Greek word logos. The word logos is the Greek word for words or verbal communication. So you could literally translate the verse like this. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this kind of speaking in this form of verbal communication. When the apostles laid hands on them, they began speaking in tongues. That is what Simon saw. And that is why verse 21 says you have no part in this kind of supernatural speech. They did, in fact, speak in tongues. Now, there are some people who say, well, there was kind of a transitional period that took place in Acts chapter 8, and after Acts chapter 8, people stopped speaking in tongues. Well, they're not reading their Bible. Because when you go to Acts chapter 9, 
we find that even Paul spoke in tongues. This was four years after Pentecost. Four years after Pentecost, people are getting saved first. Secondarily, they're being baptized in the Holy Spirit and they're speaking in tongues. Listen to what the Bible tells us about the Apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. Acts 9, 17. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. He was already saved. He got saved on the road to Damascus. But now there is a secondary subsequent experience, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You might call it an endowment from on high or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible tells us that Ananias laid hands on him and he was filled. That word filled is the Greek word plato, which means to be filled to capacity. Now, somebody might say, well, but the Bible doesn't tell us in Acts chapter 9 that Paul spoke in tongues in that moment. No, it doesn't tell us there, but Paul tells us he spoke in tongues. Paul tells us himself, he confirms it in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 18, where he says to the Corinthians, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than ye all. That word speak is the Greek word lelo, which means I converse, I speak fluently, I speak conversationally. In other words, tongues was a real language to him. He spoke in tongues fluently. In fact, he says more than ye all. And when the Bible says more than, it is comparative in the Greek language. It really means more than compared to everybody else, more than all of you combined. I speak in tongues more than any of you. That is the great legendary apostle. Even he spoke in tongues. Then you come to Acts chapter 10 to the household of Cornelius in Joppa. This was seven years after Pentecost. Seven years. So Samaria was one year. Paul's experience was four years. Now we come to the household of Cornelius. That's seven years after Pentecost. And in Acts 10 verse 44, we find Peter is preaching. And the Bible says, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on, fell on. Again, we find the Holy Spirit coming on them, which heard the word. And they knew that the Holy Spirit had, spoke, had fallen on them. Verse 46 says, because they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. But that's not all. When you come to Acts chapter 19, we find that the Apostle Paul is making a return to the city of Ephesus. He comes into Ephesus from the interior roads. And when he comes into upper Ephesus, he runs into a group of people who were baptized by John in Israel because they were believing that one day the Messiah was going to come, but they didn't know that he came. So when Paul finds them, Paul says to them in Acts chapter 19, verse 3, Under what then were you baptized? And they said, John's baptism. Wow. Verse 4. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people they should believe on him that should come, that is, on Christ Jesus. Verse 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, which means they believed and they were saved. The Holy Spirit came into them. Paul would not have baptized them in water if they weren't born again. But even though they were saved and baptized in water, he didn't stop there. He took them into the next experience, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we find in chapter 19, verse 6. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. There you have it again, the Greek word epi, a secondary experience. 
The Holy Spirit had already come in them at salvation. Now the Spirit was coming on them. This was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They were being immersed in the power of the Holy Spirit. And notice the result. They spake with tongues and prophesied. Now that is amazing. From the beginning of Acts all the way to the end of the Acts, you find the Holy Spirit is working the same. People first get saved. They get water baptized. And then there's a subsequent experience when the Spirit comes on them. They're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's called being filled with the Holy Spirit. And they're so full, there is an overflow that comes out of their mouth. Shouldn't surprise us. Because Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When your heart is filled with spirit, spirit's going to come out of your mouth. Now I want to tell you something. Today only, I want to give you my study guide called the infilling of the Holy Spirit. What is the infilling of the Holy Spirit? What it produces? How to receive it? How to be refilled with the Holy Spirit? This is my gift just to you today. And it's going to answer a lot of questions for example, about tongues. What are tongues? Why do we speak in tongues? What is the purpose of tongues? What is the good of speaking in tongues? Those are very important questions and you need to know the answers. And this is my gift to you today only. So contact us and we'll get it right to you. But when you come to the book of Acts, you find the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a power which is available to every single believer. No one was excluded. On the day of Pentecost people received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. One year later in Samaria, after people are saved, subsequently they receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Four years later, the Apostle Paul is on the road to Damascus. He calls Jesus Lord. He gets saved. A number of days go by. Ananias comes to the house where he is. Ananias lays hands on him and he receives a secondary subsequent experience. He was filled with the Holy Spirit or he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 10, seven years after Pentecost, Peter's preaching in the household of Cornelius. The people believe they're saved and then the Holy Spirit falls. A secondary experience. Wow. Then, Acts chapter 19, 23 years after Pentecost, 23 years is a long time. Men in Ephesus hear the gospel. They hear about Jesus. They repent. Paul says, you're saved. Hey, let's water baptize you. But he doesn't walk off and leave them after they're saved and they're water baptized. He said, now let's take it to the next level. He lays hands on them and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They speak in tongues. They prophesy. What Jesus promised in Luke 24, verse 49, is for every believer. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Wait until you be endued with power from on high. This power is for everybody, and that includes you. We're out of time. I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you. The Holy Spirit was sent to empower and comfort believers. But do you really know Him? Have you really experienced Him? When you experience the Holy Spirit, you receive power from on high that will radically change your life. In Rick Renner's teaching series, The Baptism in the Holy Spirit, Rick answers the hard questions about this often misunderstood figure of the Trinity and the power He gives to every believer. In this series, Rick covers topics like speaking in other tongues, moving in the supernatural, and the power of change. When you call or go online right now to order, this foundational series will reveal the power and person of the Holy Spirit in a practical way that will affect every aspect of your life. 
Available in digital or physical formats starting at just $10. When you call or go online today, you can also get the companion book, The Holy Spirit in You. In this book, you'll meet and know the Holy Spirit in a personal and powerful way. Truly knowing Him allows you to work together to fulfill your calling, live in peace, and experience joy. Together, the Holy Spirit and you will accomplish God's purpose for you on the earth. Available for just $15 when you call or go online today. Order both of these powerful resources today to discover the power of the Holy Spirit. The sermon series, The Baptism in the Holy Spirit, and the book, The Holy Spirit and You. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Friends, this is Rick Renner. Now, right now, I'm in the interior of the Moscow Good News Church. It is quite an amazing place. When you walk through this building, it's so beautiful, and it testifies to the grace of God and the provision of God and the giving of our church and of our partners. We built this facility debt-free, and because of that, the Moscow Church has never had the burden of monthly payments. All of our funds have been released to do the work of the gospel. And now we need to do that in Tulsa, and I call this Phase 3. And I'm asking you today to pray about joining us as part of the giving team for Phase 3, which is paying off the Tulsa facility. And the reason we want to pay it off is because then it will release funds for us to take the teaching of the Bible to the ends of the earth. And dear friend, right now, the Bible is so needed. And I know that that's my heart and that is your heart. And together, we can take the Bible to the ends of the earth. So please pray about joining us for phase three to finish paying off the Tulsa building. And I want to say thank you in advance. I have had such a good time today talking to you about the pattern in the book of Acts of how people were saved and then they were subsequently filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what happened in my life and that's what happened to Denise. And in tomorrow's program, Denise and I are going to share our testimonies with you about when we were saved and then when we were baptized in the Holy Spirit. We want you to understand this is really something we know because God's done it in our life and God wants to do it in your life as well. God wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, not just to save you, water baptize you, walk off and leave you. He wants to clothe you with power for living. You see, salvation gives you the promise of heaven. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit gives you power for living. God saves you and empowers you. That's why you need to have both of these. Hey, I'm offering you my series, which is called The Baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's five parts. It's based on these programs. comes with a study guide. Order it today. You will just love this. We're also offering you right now my book called The Holy Spirit and You, Working Together as Heaven's Dynamic Duo. You're called to be Heaven's Dynamic Duo. But let me pray for you. Father, I'm so thankful that today you have allowed me and my friend to sit together to look at the scriptures, to see the pattern in the book of Acts, that what you did, it's what you always did, it's what you're still doing, you're saving people, and then you're baptizing them in the Holy Spirit. Lord, we don't want anybody to be without this secondary experience. So Father, I pray right now for the power of the Holy Ghost to fall on people that have never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and for people who've already been baptized in the Holy Spirit to have a new touch, a fresh infilling. In Jesus' mighty name.
Thanks for being with me today. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power. Let the word of God release its power in you today, and I'll see you in the next program.